a, a slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Ribich. And I'm your better host, Josh Kerr. Today, we are sitting and kicking it with the newest YouTuber. We normally like to stick with proper athletes, not just social media celebrities. But today, we'll make an exception, just considering he ran 1321 last week at the Drake Relays. But in all seriousness, he's got really good at YouTube. Um, you know, it's our ex-co-host, Morgan Little Cactus McDonald. I thought I'd be a little bit meaner to you, considering you're a regular here. Um, yeah. But I thought I'd just start you off with like, what's this hatred towards Iowa, bro? Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone hates Iowa. Everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> that's a funny question, actually, because then I went there and I was like, man, this place actually isn't that bad. I kind of like it. <laughs> but uh, like Des Moines is actually a kind of cool city. But no, that was just some classic, some classic Big Ten, Wisconsin, Iowa beef. As I mean, that's just like, that's just what you got to do. If you went to one of those other schools, you just got to constantly pay out and make fun of them. And Iowa is known for just having cornfields and essentially nothing else. So I'm going to make fun of it every chance I can. I respect Josh, did you have a rival in college like that? Like, I feel like the conference of the, what are you the, you're like the GameCube symbol, right? Isn't that what your guys' logo, Mountain West looks like? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And um, we didn't really have many rivals, I would say. New Mexico State was a big rival, but no one ever really heard of New Mexico State. So you know, considering they're called the Aggies, it's like it doesn't help considering that's mm -hmm. like A&M. But, you know, you and M, we were challenging against everyone, mate. You know, we, we're just out, out there with the, you know, the Mountain West is, is our region's hard. Like we have like Colorado and all the altitude schools and stuff. But as a, as a conference, it's probably not as tough as, say, the Big Ten. But, you know, you don't know until you've raced both, I guess. Josh's main personal rival was just Oregon. Just hate Oregon. <laughs> Just hate him. Dude. Anyone in a green kit? Yeah, man. It's, 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 any Oregon-based school, actually, is probably the better way to say it. <laughs> mm, yeah, 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 fair. Considering, I mean, last week we had Justin Knight on, and, and he said, uh, Josh, you went to UNM, and David, whatever school you went to. So <laughs> irrelevance is a real thing at the professional level. So, Josh, I appreciate you at least knowing what state um, I was in when I went for university. Well, you know, I do what I, do what I can. Uh, I'm more interested in this, you know, this massive check that you ended up leaving in this hotel. What was it? Th mm. 3,000? What were you yeah. going to spend it on? You got any, you got any fun plans? Three big bones. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I had something. What was it? Um, shit. <laughs> A haircut at this point? <laughs> nah, man. I, that's, uh, that out? we're letting it go out. It actually does need a trim. I think I was going to spend it on Okay, like I wish I had a funny answer, but I actually have like a serious answer, which is like I'm trying to like get like an intern to help me run my YouTube channel. So I'm oh, like, nice. So I'm like, yeah, that'll probably go towards that. But uh, yeah, that's like the serious answer. Yeah, and Sit and Kick <laughs> fans, if you're uh, listening to this and you want to join the the Morgan McDonald clan, uh, he's hiring. For real, send me a DM. Mate, that's sick. So uh, we're kind of jumping a lot, but here, we, like. I saw you came out with a video and it said that you were going to kind of slow down the, you know, production and, and yeah. the pushing of the videos. Is that because of racing season or was it becoming too much or what, what happened there? A bit of everything. I mean, like I went into it obviously like completely like no idea, like knowing exactly what it was going to be like in that and not knowing exactly what to expect. And I really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> and I think I did about like, from when I started, I think I did about 10, 10 or 11 videos straight every single week and by the end like i i realized that um one like i just got like a little bit too into it you know because it's just like it's it's a freaking grind man. like there's a there's a lot of stuff that goes into making a video i mean i'm sure you guys you guys see it um, well josh doesn't but i, I know what you mean <laughs> just for audio reasons <laughs> but yeah there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff there's a lot that goes into it it's a lot of it is like an extra stress like having to have like you know i don't have like a cameraman or anything i don't have like like I don't know. You realize why Timman has like three, like freaking media people that works for them, you know? Um, so at that point I had injured my ankle and I was spending a lot of time. Uh, I was spending more time, I guess, just training, like, because I was doing like two sessions a day. Like sometimes that was cross training, which would take longer. And then I was also doing like a third, like specific ankle drills thing. 
And then obviously in between that, I just wanted to recover. So I was just like, yeah, like I can't really like, I certainly have the time right now. And um, then, yeah, it was like mental. Like I just like, I was like, all right, like time to like, time to rethink my priorities a little bit. I mean, not that it was ever more of a priority than my running, but it was like, even like it was, I was just like thinking about it too much. I was like, all right, let's just like focus on the running for a bit more. And um, I'll come back to it. Like when the time's right. Cause it's like, it's, I would still do it like in my spare time. It's just like, I just didn't really have as much spare time. And then that's why like, I'm looking for like an intern now is cause the stuff that I struggle with in it, which is essentially like being able to consistently put out content, like in terms of like consistently filming and consistently like having a plan, like every week or two, like we're going to have this video. So like this needs to be filmed. That's the stuff that like, I just don't want to think about because I want to just be able to like focus on my training. So if I'm like looking at like, bringing someone in to help out with it. Like that's, that's essentially what they would be taking care of. Do you find it difficult? Um, I know how everything lined up. I mean, I'm, I'm a subscriber. I watch every video that gets released probably more than once. And I find myself laughing out loud to them and I find them genuinely funny. And it's like, they're not forced. The, the thing that cracked me up the most is when I can't remember what the little animal was, but you put something in your mouth after you pulled it out of the statue, <laughs> you put it in your mouth. I was just like, it's so quirky and it's so funny that like, You'd probably have done that without a camera, but because you did it, it it made it even better. Um, But I'm just fangirling. Um, But second, what I was meaning to start with was, um, did you find it difficult to record and kind of document stuff when things went wrong? Like when you're YouTubing um, kind of went in with your injury? Me personally, I'm honestly like, honestly, no, because I'm like the type of person who like, I like to be very transparent. And like, when I look at running, I'm like, I mean, for everyone, like things go well and things go bad. And like, I mean, I have a lot of like self-belief that I'm going to be like, like one of the best in the world one day. Like, I really believe that, um, or at least I'm going to give it my best shot. Um, but like, I don't think hiding, like when things go bad is going to have any impact on that at all, you know? And I even think like, then when you do succeed, it makes it even more special because people have seen um, like, have seen like the tough times what i will say i did learn is like it is hard um to try and document something when you are like right in the middle of it because uh things are like constantly changing like with my ankle for example like i i really didn't know um like how bad it was right when i did that right and so like i'm giving you my my like thoughts in it like the day after it happened and it's like i mean i kind of just look like an idiot a little bit like i don't mind that but it's like I think with that stuff, like it's probably better to try and like wait a little bit. Um, I think, I, I don't know where I saw this, but I, I saw, I heard a quote from someone saying like, you should be sharing like your scars rather than your open wounds, if that makes sense. Okay. So like that, that's the, that's what I would say. Like, I, I'm happy to share that stuff, but in the middle of it, it is hard. Cause like things are always changing and stuff, but I've always been the type of person who likes to try and be like very transparent with both like the tough stuff and the good stuff, you know? Yeah, I think it just makes you more human as well. And I'm sure it connect, connects you to the to the audience a bit better. But I mean, even the balance that we've found with, with podcasting is a bit easier because there's two of us. So like whenever someone's having a tough time, like they kind of just put the workload on someone else. Hmm. But I mean, it's, it's so difficult because sometimes like right now we're doing like apparel um, and like that whole process of setting up the business and, and, and getting it to printing and, you know, get it designed and getting prices and getting money and getting bank accounts. You're like, I'm just meant to be running, man. Like we're ra- like, I'm racing next yeah. week. Yeah. And it's like, the reason I'm here and have this platform is because of my ability to run. And so I can imagine it's, it's difficult, more difficult for, for you with videos. Cause there's just much more going on on like, we can just message someone, write a script, get on, do this, edit it and, and be done yeah. and it's half the work but yeah I, I mean it's sometimes for me it's like i have to be like okay well let's just get back to basics here i'm here to run and if it's getting in the way 100%. that needs to stop 100 percent, and that's that's like what i that's the talk that i had with myself when i like readjust my priorities i was like all this stuff like i made a list of my priorities and youtube was like at, literally at the bottom like like literally at the bottom um which was just the way it has to be because uh, it was just like running and then all this other stuff, which I feel like supports my running better than YouTube does. And that's just like the reality. And that's why that's, I mean, that's probably just why it's so difficult to do this. I would say, or one of the reasons why it's so difficult to like do this stuff. I mean, if you look at any other sport, 
they have these massive empires with millions of dollars taking care of this stuff. It's like, think about how ridiculous it is to like, in any other sport, the athlete, the athlete themselves is trying to hustle and take care of the whole media side of stuff. Like that just, it's, it's, it is like a whole job in itself. And that's why it's difficult, but it's also why, like, I mean, if you can make it work, like people are starting to make it work. Um, like the Timmen are killing it um, from yep. a business standpoint. Um, and like, I'm hoping to make it work a little bit. Like that's why I'm willing to like pay someone to bring it in. Cause I do see the value in it still, even though, I've encountered like some difficulties with it, but it's like, yeah, that's why I think it makes sense to try and bring someone else in to help with it pretty much. Yeah. I mean, Josh wrote this in and I, it's an incredible analogy. I mean, I, I'm not sure how he comes up with these brilliant things, but he says, are you adding another string to your bow when it comes to a contract with Under Armour? Like, do you find that <laughs> Under Armour? Yeah. I'll, I'll break it down for you. I don't know if I said it wrong, Josh, but I read it no, how it wrote. Yeah. Yeah. No, just adding another string to your bow, just adding another, like, well, no, doesn't you, why would it make sense for a bow to have more than one string? I didn't want to get into it. Is it a compound bow? Is it a recurve? Is it a long oh, bow? Oh, mate. This is, this is a well-known saying. No, I think you mean I've never arrow. heard that. No, it's a string. I've never heard that before. Like Someone Google it. And, 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 uh, Are you gonna, from Scotland or something? He's oh, from Scotland. Um, but as Josh Googles it and tries to cover his ass, um, I'll move on to a comment that was made by a triathlete over Twitter. Um, and I'm sure you saw it, but they said, like, I'm not saying Ari the Devil Clow will never be good at triathlon, but it's insane the amount of attention he's gotten for winning a triathlon that's equivalent to your local 5K. Just shows how easy it is to make yourself look good at something in the YouTube generation. How important do you find, like, the documentation? Like, this is off script as well, but how important do you find, like, YouTube and its ability to inspire like the next generation of athletes, because it's obvious that like yeah. YouTube is a big role in everything we do now. I mean, I, I like firmly believe it's the future, like a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, because the reality is like, if you think about us, like why we're able to do this and live our dreams, like we're part of a company's marketing budget um, in the way the sponsorship works at the moment. So it's like, I mean, if you just think about it, like obviously as it stands, like being the quickest runner or whatever um, is so, so, so valuable. Like I think it's gonna be hard for anything else to compete with the value that you get from that. But with that said, it's like, if you can, if you can tell your story as a runner or as a triathlete um, through video or whatever the medium you choose, and it appeals to people more so than a running result does, then like, it makes sense that you would get the money from uh from like a pure business standpoint because i mean at the end of the day like a company is is uh paying us to try promote their product or to have an impact on their branding and if they can clearly see that if they give do a deal with a if you want to call them an influencer like i think that's a weird yeah. word but like if if they can do a deal with an influencer and get a better return on their investment than with a professional athlete then how can you argue against that and um, I think going forwards, it's like, it's all about really telling stories and using the platforms that we have. I think YouTube is just by far in a way, like the best platform to tell our stories. And it's just like the way that you can connect with people. And I think then like the subsequent impact that you can have on them, I think is just so powerful. And I think, um, yeah, I mean that comment, it's like, I don't know, that's kind of a stupid comment. Like, yeah. I think in my head, it makes uh, it makes total sense, like going forwards in the future that this stuff is going to be super, super valuable. And I think it's only going to get more valuable, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. The strings are definitely becoming more valuable on your bow. Um, <laughs> I Googled it. It is a UK thing. So I apologize. Uh, but it, if you want a definition, I know you want a definition. It says, uh, add another string to your bow. If someone has more than one string to their bow, they have more than one ability or thing that they can use if the first one is not successful well I, I mean honestly i think that's an amazing like metaphor for how i look at it because like look at this i mean it's really in a way it's just like diversifying not to sound too businessy like this is sounding very businessy and like i don't mean to sound like I, that's not how i approach the youtube channel really because i can't i don't think like you can be a business and like it, you can be too businessy about it because it's still kind of like an art form you know like you have to like if you're not enjoying it and you're not like doing it for the fun like i think it's really like, I think that'll show, but like, obviously because I'm a pro runner, like I have thought about the other aspects of it. And it's really, in a way it's like diversifying because I mean, so much of our like um, 
compensation or whatever you want to call is like tied so heavily to our running results, obviously. So if you can have something else that um, isn't tied as heavily to your running results, obviously that's going to be a good thing because when you're not running well, you're still going to have this other stuff to keep you afloat. And it's just like, I mean, it's just, to me, it makes so much sense. It's like, think about this, like hypothetical, say if I was in the Olympic final and um, I came eighth, but I got beaten by five dopers. So I would have had a bronze. Like think about the difference that a bronze versus eighth place would have on me as an athlete, like going forwards, um, like in every single way. Like, I think it makes sense to try and like have something else that isn't just a hundred percent tied to like me getting a bronze because there's just so much crazy stuff happening in this sport and you just don't know exactly what's happening, you know? So having something else that isn't just like a hundred percent relied on that, I think, as an, as an athlete is a good thing. And like everything I do, like my goal is to, I love being a pro runner and I want to be a pro runner for as long as possible. So I think, I think it's just like another thing to like help me hopefully in the future, like be able to just keep living my dream essentially. I, I, I like it. I think the way that you've approached it of be really good at running and then start a YouTube channel is something I have a lot of respect for. I think... <laughs> that a slight by any means in any direction of the spencer no it's not because i i, I wasn't even meaning him i don't know why you brought him up oh, okay brilliant i'm just saying like the the side of like people in college right now being like well i need to have a youtube channel to sign a professional contract yeah. and that being like a substitute for ability is what annoys me yeah um, i mean that makes sense but but i mean at the end of the day like even even if you think about um appearance fees as well like if you're getting butts and seats in a stadium because you have a presence on on social media which which is which is a big thing for us then you should be getting paid more as an appearance fee you might be getting paid more in your contract like yeah it's your it is your influence at the end of the day because that's the contracts we're signing we're, we're meant to be running in gear and, and showing it off so you know i, I think i think it's pretty cool um yeah. but i think the best part uh, of youtube is probably the boxing scene so what were you thinking you and spence you're gonna go at it toe to toe yeah i could probably mess that guy up i don't know do you guys do like i know i know your coach is like into like mma do you guys like do mma practice and shit i mean like we did one sparring session like two years ago in seattle and it was pretty cool we rolled um at danny's gym and like there's an instructor i mean it was completely safe no one got angry josh was sweating and practically <laughs> fighting for his life but we um we implement a good amount of MMA and like martial arts stuff into what we would do. I would say probably more than other pro groups. Um, I know you can you see some like videos of like athletes boxing or athletes doing like footwork, but Danny implements some things that do like bilateral movements um, or unilateral movements where we're going side to side or front to back just to kind of get that ankle torque that we wouldn't necessarily get running. It's like better than um, just rolling your ankle around on the grass or doing something like that. Um, but what I would add on to that is. Like two weeks ago, we went to Jackson MMA. Is that what Greg Jackson's MMA clinic down here in Albuquerque? And we listened to Greg Jackson speak, who is the longest um, running coach in MMA. He sat in the most corners in the MMA history. He's um, John Jones's coach. Um, who's the the female from here? Uh, I'm going to let you do this. Like, no, no, you no. Got this in you. I got, okay. Her name is. Um, Come on, you can do this. <laughs> She's boxing. She uh, she's punching hard. Um, she's blonde. I don't know, Josh. Just help me. Yeah, I forgot as well. Oh, <laughs> you put me on the spot. Um, anyway, but we we don't like box a lot. But I would say that some of Danny's lessons and some of the things that Danny says stems around boxing. Like Greg Jackson said a really cool thing where he's like, "I just have my athletes hunt. You know, like if there's someone in front of them, if there's someone in the cage with them, they're hunting them." it's not it's it's a hunter prey mentality and he's like you can relate that to a race are you the hunter or the prey and like we hear that all the time and so yeah we don't necessarily box but i would put a lot of money on you in this boxing <laughs> match with uh spencer and I, I i like spencer to death um but he's a wet noodle and i've said that death. before i didn't say love you, you i like, like him, him to, death. to death i like it's him to death home, by the way, I think, right what the holly home holly holmes yep yeah so oh, that's legit yeah, see, so that, like, see, that, I mean, that scares me that you guys have that, but I think I probably have a good like twenty five pounds on Spencer. I, I would just guess. Like, I think I'm actually quite a bit bigger than him. I've no, I don't think I've seen him in person. But I'd enjoy. I'd, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Hundred percent. Butts and seats, baby. Butts and seats. Let's do it. <laughs> butts and seats. Yeah, and and back on butts and seats too. 
I, I bet already you've been approached by athletes and high schoolers and them like, I love your YouTube channel. Like, I'm sure they've said that yeah. to you before. I hope so. Drake Relays like blew my mind. Like, See, and, and that's, the, mind. that's the cool thing. Like I've been running around green like two days in a row. Um, I was running around and someone said, I was wearing a pink hat that I wear a lot. And they're like, oh, nice hat. And then I'm like, you too. They're like, oh, it's you. I love your and Josh's podcast. And I bought this hat because of you guys. Like that for verbatim, Dude. that's what they said. And then the next day, a group of high school girls were running around. They said, David, love the podcast. It's like, you don't know who you're me. affecting. They never say that to you, Josh, <laughs> because I'm the face of it. You're just the voice of you it. You are the face. And so when we're talking about like our influence, like it is honestly surreal when those type of moments happen. So I a hundred percent agree. Like it, it always surprises me. And I think it always just speaks to how much, how big of the appetite is in the running scene um, for more content and more stuff from the pros, like everything like this, for example, I think people just, it's just hard to realize and appreciate how, how like much people actually do enjoy this stuff and how much you can connect to all these different people. I think every time you see like a pro runner do something different or do something um, unique, like, you always see how well it goes. Like it's yeah. whether it's like, like the Timmy guys selling merch or um, like books or whatever people do. Like, I think it just always goes. So, I mean, I don't know how well your book personally is doing, but, I, but um, <laughs> just wait till the audio book comes out, mate. That's, that's where we're going to make the money. That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. That's where it's at. In a diff. Yeah. Um, if you're reading it, we'll probably get a few laughs. So yeah, it'll be more of like a, a joke satire read. But oh, you guys are actually good. doing that. No, well, no, I, I I read a segment last week on the on the Justin Knight um podcast, and, and to be honest, I quite enjoyed it. I feel I like I put a good amount. It's a great idea. I mean, if you personally could could like, I mean, that'd be pretty boring. Like, no, I'm like, about to say, oh, okay. can you personally read? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, the issue is if Josh read my book audio, or if Josh did any audio book, it'd be the first book that he ever read. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't necessarily want to get in Josh's uh, academics. So no. let's talk about you. Let's talk about Australia. Let's talk about the down under. I don't even know how to sound Australian. Um, but yeah. I was looking you up, up and down, checking you out. Did you actually run 1407 in high school? Uh, yeah, like right off the high school. Oh, my Lord. That's so crazy. Because I looked at your high school athletic PRs, 350 in the 1500, 820 in the 3K, 1407 in the 5K. Um, Roughly? Yeah, thereabouts. Thereabouts remarkable i had similar times so what was the recruitment process like out of high school um going from australia to the u.s because i feel like australians either stay in the country or all flood to the ncaa which i yeah. don't know what other option there would be <laughs> hit the hit bucks mate british they don't go to the british universities <laughs> uh, i don't think that's a thing um actually it might be we, we we get on pretty well with the brits but uh so honestly like i would say my recruitment process wasn't that weird like it obviously is very different from a standard american one but i kind of knew that i wanted to like go over to the u.s from when i was like 16 like i really got into the sport um watching like the ncaa cross country and stuff like that like that's when i started like appreciating the sport from like a fan standpoint i guess and i knew like college in the u.s is where i wanted to go because i wanted to be a pro runner and i just always saw it as like the perfect bridge between like being like you know an 18 year old in australia running 14 or 7 or whatever to getting down to like times that get you like a contract in that. And so, you know, I had like a bunch of coaches give me, send me uh, Facebook messages and stuff, but I actually personally emailed like a bunch of coaches when I was about 16 years old from like maybe eight different schools and uh, Wisconsin was one of them. Um, and that's when I started talking to Mick was, was from that point onwards. So we actually talked for quite a while. And then I did come over on a visit and everything. And um, after my visits, when I committed. So honestly, like I, I didn't, there's so much that I didn't know, like coming over, like I, I had no idea like where Wisconsin was on a map or anything. Like I'd never heard the term Midwest before, but um, I feel like apart from that, like my recruiting was, was pretty standard. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, it, it's such an interesting process. I feel like for all high schoolers and like, it, it's such a generic question. And as a, as a runner, you always get that question, you know, like I'm sure you've been on multiple podcasts and that's been a, a, a question that's been asked more oftentimes than not, but it's so interesting because every answer is different. Like all three of us had very different recruitment process. Obviously we, we represent different countries. Um, but even kids in high school at the same high school get recruited very, very differently. Um, so you came over to Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure Wisconsin's like a big Aussie presence, right? There's a good amount of Australians that go to Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, I would like to say that I started that wave. Okay. But, um, yeah. 
Um, I came over, I mean, so a big thing for me at Wisconsin was that both the coach and the, the um, assistant coach were both Irish and they had both come over to the U.S. Okay. as runners, as international students. So they did have like a great understanding. And I think being Irish, like there's just culturally, like there's just a bit, there's more obviously similar than there is like the U.S. So that was pretty comforting to me. Um, and yeah, so I came over and then two years after me, Ollie came over and then um jackson sharp came over and the girl called lucinda so there's been like a bunch of aussies since i came over but yeah okay. so yeah you, you started it um i was looking at um i was just checking my emails because I, I emailed pretty much everyone in the ncaa and i got one email back from mick and said that he was going to come visit me and then i emailed him three more times and he didn't reply that's classic mick he uh <laughs> Mick's just like, it's so funny how many kids have that experience because he's just like, he's just the type of guy who once he gets locked onto something, he's really locked on. But if he, if he's like, if you're not within that kind of tunnel vision, it's just like, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, like it's so funny because that, that was like the process for pretty much all the college coaches I spoke to other than like even Joe to an extent, other than like one extra email that he was like, okay, you can come. And I was like, sick. Yeah. That's me. I'm done. <laughs> And um, I just find it quite funny because I, I, I read the, uh, the email back to uh, the third email back to him, which was, hi, Coach Burns. Sorry for all the hassle, but I don't want to fall through the cracks in this process. And that's all I said. <laughs> I think you might have. I fell through those cracks. But <laughs> At no, that point, fair. Josh, you were rock bottom. <laughs> I was rock bomb. I was. But you know what? I, I, met, I met Mick a couple of times in college and, and, uh, and, and we, became, we became friends. I'll I'm say sure. we're friends. We I'm chat. Sure and he's a I'm nice sure man. So. He's a great guy. He's the best. He's a really nice man. So yeah, I'll, I'll get over that. And uh, it is what it is. But so I know I, I don't struggle with it, but it's definitely a, a di different process than being a US athlete based in the US. So what's the process like being being an Aussie and uh, the conversation with Australia athletics? How's that? They, they're really good to me. Um, they're super good. Like I have like one guy that I just communicate pretty well with there. And um, I don't know, I, I think it would probably almost be easier for me because it's so far away and it's so different because like the, the tough thing for you is that like, I mean, that, that like, it's so competitive, like UK athletics, I'm sure is like a crazy big entity. And it's like, you guys have your trials and like it, the 1500 especially is so competitive. Whereas Australia, because our trials are, um, you know, so early in the year, like they just happened. And normally they're like around April time, so far away from the world champs of the Olympics. They're not ever going to like be quite as big of a deal as like a US or a UK trials. And so normally they only give away one spot. And so I think that makes it easier because like, for example, this year, like I'm relying on getting a discretionary spot. So essentially they're like, yeah, like go do your thing, keep us updated. Like if you run quick enough, like we'll pick you. So great that must be so difficult though like that not knowing or even have a, a solid one-time shot to go for it like did most of the us-based australians just not go to the trials just because it's probably better like for you like you ran you ended up running really fast at drake and won that race um yeah. was that well, was that part of the plan or was, was there ever a part of you that was like let's just go and grab the spot yeah I, I would say in a normal year um i would be really seriously considering going back for those races but the issue with this year is that australia has that still has their really strict um quarantine where you have to be in a hotel room for two weeks like literally not allowed to run outside if you can't get a treadmill up to your room you literally can't run for two weeks so like that just makes no sense to go back yeah. and do that but leading into a nationals race um but on a normal year um like in 2018 i went back and ran nationals to qualify for the com games so okay. it is a nice thing i will say like at this point i have pretty good experience relying on those discretionary spots um <laughs> obviously it is really nice just to know but um i don't know you just know you also know like if you run quick enough like you're, you're gonna get it i mean obviously there's still a bit of uncertainty but you know you 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 can still like I don't think it actually in reality will change like my plans or what I do too much. Yeah. You have a good history with um, championships and things like that. I mean, like if, if we're looking at your Wikipedia page, which is largely just ac uh, athletic accolades, but I mean, you, 
you won the Australian Athletic Championships in 2018 in the 5K and 1319. Uh, you Australian Athletics U20s, you won the 5K and the 15. You represented World Juniors at 2014. You were at the World Championships in 2017, World Championships in 2019, World Cross Championships in 2015, World Cross Championships in 2013. Like you've represented Australia. Like you are. Australia is a small space. Like, yeah, you small. know, Australia is a small space. I don't even know where it is on the map. I think it's over there by New Zealand. But what I'll say is like, or what I'll ask is, does that consistency of representing Australia well at the global stage give you a little bit more comfort knowing that like this isn't a blind pick for them uh, i mean like the reality is like in terms of picking it doesn't matter but it, it is nice because i do have like communication with everyone that i know there like if i wanted to like for example uh comparing myself just to ollie like the fact that i was already i guess on their radar before i came up to the u.s was a good thing because ollie was doing like this crazy stuff in the u.s uh, this might be more similar to your experience, Josh, but like all he was doing this crazy stuff over in the U S and they just like, didn't pay him attention um, for a while. Like even, even like last year when he was doing this ridiculous stuff, I felt like, like he wasn't on like any like funding or anything yet. I don't think um, it just like for him, I could see like he was, I could see he was such a great athlete, but he definitely like just didn't have those communication channels with athletics Australia yet. So it was a bit harder for him to, to set that up um so yeah i in terms of that i think it is lucky for me that um since i'm young i've like known people at athletics australia and being on those teams that definitely does help yeah i think having that communication before you leave is definitely important just to stay on the radar but i feel like federations like who they like yeah <laughs> and and that's difficult to change unless yeah. i remember um chris o'hare told me the first time i went to the u.s and he was like I leave no box unticked when it comes yep. to selection um, because he went over to the U.S. probably not in or not in the limelight, and then ended up running really, really well. So, like, we have a third spot that's up for grabs. He's like, I'm never wanting that spot. That spot in my mind isn't even a spot. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to be an automatic qualifier, and that's the way it needs to be until you become one of those people that is on the funding, on the email list, and have a communication person. So it is difficult. Like for me. I think I ran I ran 335.99 to be 0.01 under the standard for World Champs 2017. And I think that was the first time that I was like, okay, I can tick all the boxes. And that means that I can have, have a shot. And I ended up ticking all the boxes. But I know if I was 0.2 of a second slower at trials and was third place at trials, I probably wouldn't have gone to the World Championships in 17. So yeah, it's about kind of you got to prove yourself early on. And and then you and then you're kind of it becomes easier from there. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a tough process when you're not, you know, in day to day with the offices of British athletics, um, and and I'm sure Australian athletics, especially yeah. if you're across the pond, which which doesn't help. But <laughs> when you you were talking about you know 16, I think I was a similar story. Like you have this dream about going over to the US. So, in your opinion, what what kind of separated Wisconsin from other schools in in that recruitment process? Uh, so I came over on visits to. Wisconsin, Princeton, and an unofficial at Stanford. And um, after those visits, like, to me, it was, it was pretty clear because I just had like such a great time in Madison. And I would say, I mean, this is probably pretty typical for most people, but like the coaches, I just really felt like I could trust them. My mom was on the visit as well. And she, she felt very similar. Nice. Really, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, David. Um, yeah. <laughs> she just really felt like we just both like really liked making Gavin. And then I really liked the team and I really, really liked Madison as like a town, like just walking around like the campus and stuff. I'm like, man, I, I really want to go here. Like, I, I think I would have such a great time. So um, it comes down really to like the trust, just like trusting the coaches. Like that was the biggest thing. Cause yeah, I was coming over to run obviously. And so I just wanted some guys that I felt like would be able to take me from where I was and then like give me, the best shot at like being as good as I could be in like four or five years, you know? So was, do you go for, it, go for it, Josh. Okay. I was going to, I typed in Morgan McDonald's mom on Google and <laughs> nothing really popped up. So uh, I'm out, I'm out of ammo here. <laughs> do you feel like there was a, a one race in your collegiate career that you could pinpoint and it was like, okay, that changed my mentality from I'm coming here to experience the U S to I'm going to be a champion and I'm going to sign pro. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I think there probably is. I will say like I did from a young age, like I had a, 
like from a freshman, I had a belief in myself that was like, maybe at sometimes like a little bit ignorant, you know, you know what I mean? Which I feel like a lot of athletes have that because you just, it takes time to develop, but you, you just like, you know, you're just hungry. Um, but I would say probably the biggest one would have been my sophomore year, um, indoors for some context, sophomore year at Wisconsin was when the team imploded in cross country. Like we didn't qualify for nationals after, uh, I think we ended about a 50 year streak of qualifying for national cross. And like, personally, like I was just like burnt out during the season. I ran pretty well, but like not well enough to qualify as an individual, which like I would have thought I would have been able to do. Um, so that was like, obviously a bit of a low and then coming into indoors, like I had, I had been training a lot harder that cross season but it just hadn't really shown in the races yet. But then indoors, um, when I came back to indoors, I was just on like another level. Like I just, um, in the mile, I, at the armory, I ran like a 357. And that was just when I knew, cause I'm like not a miler, but like I just ran a 357 and my PB before that had been like 403. So that was the jump where I think from that point, um, I knew that like I could compete at like, like kind of like that top level in college. And um, by the end of that year, like outdoors, I, as a redshirt f- freshman, I finished fifth in the outdoor 5k. So that season from then on, like, I think once you achieve that, you're like, all right, I came fifth as a redshirt freshman. Like I'm, I'm trying to like be top three or win next time. Pretty much. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. Go Dave, for it, I just want to talk all the time. No, I know you it. just want to talk. I mean, like you guys are just rolling. You guys are boys. I mean, I'm just still, I got on Facebook and I couldn't find any family settings on your, your Facebook to find out Jesus who your mom is. Man. But I saw your likes and things. Your likes were interesting. But when you talk about that progression, I mean, yeah, you got fifth um, as a as a redshirt freshman. But then your 2018-2019 campaign is honestly crazy. Like, you win Big Ten Conference cross-country. You win the NCAA cross-country championships. You win the 3K-5K at the indoor championships. And then you win the 5K at the outdoor championships. Like, you didn't lose. Yeah. True. Like, the, the progression that you had is – is almost like that dream come true of an athlete. Like, all right, I'm a, I'm a redshirt freshman. I get fifth. And then by the senior year, I got to win. And then you did. So well, when, dude, what's it was up? crazy. It really yeah. was a dream come true because I don't know if you, you would have seen this, but uh, I, I finished that as a redshirt freshman, I finished fifth. I didn't make that meet the next two years. Like I didn't make it the next two years. And that was, that was because of like injury and stuff. But yeah, I did the next two years. I, I watched that race and both times, Grant Fisher won it the next year. And then Sean McGordy won it the year after that, talking about the 5k. And obviously I was like sitting at home both times being like, damn, like I, I think I could have been competing for that. So yeah, yeah dude, that, that last year really was like a dream come true. I, I think that in the NCAA, you can go on a roll quite easily, easily in inverted commas. But when you get the confidence that you can win those races and wrap your head around that the whole of America is coming to this one race and you're going to be the best one there. Once you wrap your head around that and you've done it once, I feel like from there, Americans love to give respect for other athletes that have done well. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not, I wouldn't say are a scrappy nation. So I feel like in the NCAA, once you get one flow tracker, like, Oh, this person's going to be it. You win (laughs) one more and then it'll just keep going. So yeah, I'm sure that's uh, that mentality change is something that really allows people to go from being an NCAA champion, you know, hero of one day to, to really bringing it into a career and, and being able to sign contracts out of it. So I remember um, me and Dave were, uh, we were trying to recruit you and we were like, okay, this guy can't lose. And so I'm sure overall, like companies are like, okay, his value has gone here and then it's gone up a bit more. And then he's got another one and then you came out and then you didn't sign with us. So it's whatever, but Sweet. you know, let's Imagine. talk about Under Armour. Um, yeah. So when you, when you sign with the company, I, I feel like they weren't that heavily invested in groups, but now the kind of tide is starting to change. Does that change anything for you? Not really like Under Armour and I've always had like a really, really good relationship and um, they actually give me like a lot of freedom, which is kind of like one of the big reasons that, I signed with them. Um, they really just like supported me in everything I wanted to do. So, yeah. I remember seeing um, a Under Armour campaign getting thrown around about like some sweepstakes and uh, it was on Luke Matthews Instagram, but it was like your face. And I just thought it was funny how like Luke Matthews had to post this advertisement, but it was not of him, but of you. Um, and 
Yeah, I just, I just find that funny. But <laughs> Under Armour is certainly making it a step into the scene. And I mean, when you think of companies in the U.S., like they now have that domestic team, their Dark Sky and Flagstaff. And I know you stayed with Mick um, for, I think, a year or so. And then you moved over to Colorado. Yeah. Um, you, mean, you mean stay with Ollie. Yeah. But yeah, you decided to stay <laughs> with Ollie. Um, I mean, that that's cool. I mean, from a previous episode, we know that um, nudism is part of the Wisconsin culture. Um, <laughs> would you agree to that? A hundred percent. Okay. A hundred percent. Like when, when, What's uh, question? when yeah. <laughs> do you agree? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I think Ollie, Ollie brought that up in a previous episode and, uh, I find it so funny that you just said you agree. No, no, no stories there. I'm sure we'll get into that as, as, as time goes on. But Dave, <laughs> they went for the game today. So why don't we move on to that, Dave? Yeah, I, uh, I just get a lot of comments about Josh's intellect and Josh's education and Josh going to his master's and all these things. And I'm just like, you know, I don't think the guy is that brilliant. And I'm like, Morgan, he's got a good personality, a good smile. He puts things in his mouth that have been in statues. Like he's obviously got to be on the similar level of Josh's intellect if he's doing those types of things. So I want to test both of you. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to do a Scotland quiz for Josh. We're going to do an Australia quiz for Morgan. It's true or false. So you have a 50% chance of guessing it correctly. So here's how it works. Four questions each. That's my college degree right there. Four questions each. One point for each question. And then when we get to the bonus round, I will ask Morgan a question about Scotland and Josh, you, you a question about Australia, and that is worth three points. So the tide can really, really once. turn from the bonus. Well, we'll make yeah. we'll make it two points unless it's uh, it could be a swing by three. So which one of you guys wants to go first? We'll do a kangaroo on one side, and a, a, I don't even know what UK is known for other than revolutions. Uh, their official um, animal is a unicorn. If you want to Google it, it's a dragon. All right, so a unicorn on one side of. Uh, a flamingo a kangaroo on the other flip the coin it's not real all right uh we're gonna start with scotland damn all right tough break <laughs> cue dramatic millionaire music <laughs> josh curling stones are traditionally made of granite true or false true final answer yeah correct josh has one point morgan <laughs> australia has never had a female prime minister True or false? Shout out to Julie Gillard. False. False. <laughs> Correct. Julie Gillard became prime minister in 2010. She stayed in office for three years. Now the score is tied. Smart, huh? one, Let's one. just finish it here. I'm, I'm happy of, with that. A couple of geniuses. <laughs> Question number two for Josh. Scotland has more than 500 golf courses. True or false? You wouldn't go two trues in a row. False. <laughs> Scotland has more than 550 courses. True. Oh, Damn. yeah, that's my I'm just playing the game. I'm playing you as the, as the question master rather than the game. Australia, back to you, Morgan. Australia has a significant number of feral camels. True or false? Well, I've never seen one, but I'm still going to say a true. Significant number. The correct answer is true. There are several hundred of yeah, them. It's by false. There we go. Jesus. Josh. <laughs> oh, Christ. You're down one. It's got to be false. The Gaelic, whis- <laughs> the Gaelic for whiskey is Yusgibbetha. Its literal meaning is spirit of Scotland. True or false? <sighs> one sec. Dude, is this Are you allowing this? Um, I'm going to go with True. The correct answer is false. <laughs> what are you doing, man? This is ridiculous. For Gaelic is water of life. That's so obvious. Down by two. Oh, here it is. <laughs> Australia, Morgan up. More than 20% of people living in Australia were born true. in a different true. country. Oh, uh, oh, he said true. I'm going to stick with true. Okay. The correct answer oh, is true. Oh, come As on. of 2019. <laughs> About 30% of Australians Knew were born abroad, the highest rate of any country with a population of over 10 million. U.S. Scam is bullshit. Josh, question number four, you're down by three now? No. Morgan is, Morgan is three for three, three, down by two, three, down by two. You're right. Man. The longest river 
in Scotland is known as the River Tay. True yes, or false? True. The River Tay is the longest at 119 miles. Say, let's go. <laughs> All right, down by two. So that could be a three point swing. All right. <clears throat> Speaking of lengths, Australia has a dingo fence, which is more than 2,000 kilometers long. True or false? True. Correct answer is true. At five thousand, man, false, man. Let's go. At five thousand six hundred and fourteen kilometers in length, it is nearly as long as the Great Wall of China. Hell yeah! All right, China. Josh, you are down by three. Down by two. You're your, your math is bad. You're down by two. <laughs> you're down by two. Morgan, as the guest, I will give you the option. Do you want your bonus question of Scotland first, or do you want Josh to go first? I think I think I should go first. Well, I'm well, trying to think what's going to be high attention. High attention is me going first because it will give me an opportunity to win. Okay. Yeah. If no, you get you... yours right, then I, I can't. Hey, don't I let them get in your head, Morgan. This is you. All right, Josh, you're first. All right, Josh. Bonus question. The really poop good. of a wombat is secreted in what shape? This is also for bonus questions. There's going to be four. It's going to be A, B, C, or D, and you have to select the correct one. The poop of a wombat is secreted in what shape? A, a circle. B, a cylinder. C, a triangle. Or D, a square. There's no way it's a triangle. There's no way. First of all, that's crazy. But what was the second one? I'll read them again. A, a circle. B, a cylinder. C, a triangle, or D, a square? All I'm going to say is, what's there supposed to be a circle and a cylinder when it's a 4D object? So a circle would essentially be a sphere and a cylinder would be more of an oblong. I would assume, Josh, you poop cylinders. Uh, no, I'm logs, bro. <laughs> that's a cylinder. Nah, bro. Uh, that's a rectangle. Oh, that's a log. Do you want to go ahead and make a guess? Uh, I've forgotten what they are, but I'm going to go for... No, A, A. You want no, me to go B, again? B, 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 no, you want B, me to go again? B, no, B, no, B, B, B. B cylinder? Yeah. The correct answer is D square. Come on, man. No one shits a square. All right, for an absolute dominance. <laughs> do you want your bonus question still, Did you Morgan? know that, Morgan? Did you know that? Uh, I, I thought it was C or D. I knew it was like a weird shape. I mean, I think it might be impossible to shit a triangle, like a perfect triangle. I don't know. Like a Hershey's kiss kind of situation. <laughs> A teardrop. Wouldn't be easy. All right. For the bonus question of Morgan to be up by an absurd amount of points. A Monroe this is for this is Scotland. Okay. okay. A Monroe is the name for a Scottish mountain above which height? A 1,000 feet. B 2,000 feet. C 3,000 feet. Or D 4,000 feet. 4,000 feet, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were up in increments. What's the answer, Josh? I know it, but you uh, it's your question. If you want to put all of it on onto uh onto me I've if I answer I've never heard of a Munro before. So really? this is gonna be fun. This is great. Why this why is it like a thing? Why is there a specific name for like above a certain height? Munros are named after Sir call, Hugh T. Munro, who in eighteen ninety one surveyed all the country's mountains above this amount of feet. Oh. It's just like a way to classify. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna probably say like C just for fun. The correct answer is C, 3,000 oh, feet. get it up, you man. <laughs> Currently, there are 283 Munros in Scotland. You gave him the answers before we started this, huh? I didn't give him a single question. <laughs> yeah, yeah so sure Josh, Josh knew this Just was going to be the game, and I put all our questions on a separate document so he couldn't look up the answers because I knew he would, and I tell him that they're on a separate doc, and he goes, ah, oh, piss off. Yeah. So congratulations, <laughs> Morgan. Australia is the more superior academic area than Scotland. Josh, mm. that was exactly what I expected and exactly how I thought it would play out. And with that, I think it's safe to say we could probably move into a little bit more banterish conversation if you wanted to uh, explain the banter bowl to those that don't know and for Morgan to prepare. Yeah, I definitely am bringing passion into this banter bowl now uh, <laughs> because this game was rigged and I know that I was I was thrown into a situation that was just against me, really. So banter bowl is, is where we're going to be, be throwing some situations and some uh, questions about maybe some scenarios that we have found out from friends from uh, relatives or fans, really. Um, so 
Yeah, I think, Dave, you you wrote the start of this that are really funny because you always are the one that reaches out. So why don't you start us off? Yeah, so um, I wanted to kind of start with you, Morgan, on Airbnbs. Your experiences with Airbnbs seem to be pretty great. I know as like currently we're staying in Airbnb when you're at camp, you're probably staying in Airbnb. So you break chairs. <laughs> Specifically, you broke three chairs at your last Airbnb. Yeah. Why and how? <laughs> I'm an aggressive chair sitter. Um, I don't know, man. I guess the chairs were just flimsy chairs and I just broke three of them by leaning back to them. What's the big deal? I'm not the type, I'm the, not the type to learn my first time or well, the second time. Um, third time I did learn it. So that's not bad. The expression of fool me three times. I'm not sure where that goes, but. <laughs> and we'll continue on for another Airbnb question. You almost had a grill fire. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Um. I'm crazy. I'll uh, don't don't leave me alone with a barbecue and a ton of meat because I don't even remember what I was was it. I don't even remember how I did that, but I just like literally set the whole thing on fire and there was so much smoke coming out and it was summertime in Crested Butte and I was pretty scared I was gonna burn the mountain down. <laughs> so you end up winning an NCAA cross and then you get kicked out of a bar. Like how how was that? situation where you go from being this legend to being this this fool wow you I've guys, never I mean, personally been kicked I'm out be honest bar. like i did not expect you guys to like have like very good stories but th- th- that's pretty good so um yeah we were at a bar me and my friend and we like to we like to have fun and do fun stuff and one of the things that we do sometimes is when we pee we go pee in the same store together just for fun no big deal. Um, Wisconsin, <laughs> nudist, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> um, some some um, bouncers at the bar or whatever they're called here um, saw us going to the store together. And I think that they thought we were doing some other naughty stuff, which is not allowed. And then they came and banged on the door. And the guy I was with, um, I don't think he'll mind me saying his name, Kai Wilmot. He is like the arch nemesis of like, like rules like if you try if you like are a bouncer with like this power this fake power that you have as a bouncer and you try to like tell him to do something he's gonna do everything in his power to to try and mess with you so he wouldn't open the door i was like they're banging on the door of the store i'm like all right we should probably like open the door open the door and they're like all right you guys are kicked out you gotta leave i'm like kind of walking out with my guy like he's kind of holding me a little rough like doing a classic like college bouncer thing kai just he was just resisting just 100 percent resisting and then the guy said um the worst thing you can say to kai he said we can either do this the easy way or the hard way and kai's like fuck this i'm doing this the hard way and his body just went fully limp and they had to fully three guys carry him out and throw him out and um yeah that's how we got you know to be honest in the start of that story i thought it'd be a little bit more reckless than just peeing in the stall with another dude no that was it man um yeah, we we have a we have a history of getting thrown out of that specific bar though. <laughs> so, Dave, um, do you know who Seth Hirsch is? Yeah, I think Seth Hirsch is a, a guy from Wisconsin. Uh, pretty cool looking dude, you know. Yeah. Pretty, pretty he, cool um, looking. Has has an experience with Morgan. Um, yeah, do you he looks touch cuddly, man. He does he look looks cuddly. cuddly. Uh, yeah. Do you have like a favorite person that you've slept slept and? like in bed with like had a, had a good night's sleep with on, on the Wisconsin team or, or no. Um, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know what you're referring to. Um, I think, I think I only slept in the same bed as Wisconsin teammates two times. One of them, Seth Hirsch, the other one, Shweb Aljabala. And yeah, I don't think anything that weird happened with, with Seth Hirsch. I don't know what the story is here. Do you particularly do you particularly enjoy just sleeping in bed with people? Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, not really, because I'm a pretty terrible sleeper. I'm like pretty picky about my sleep, but sometimes I get lonely. And in a point where like you would probably take Seth's phone, put it on Do Not Disturb, and just roll over and go straight to bed, and just kind of. I mean, okay. See, I don't think that's this reflects badly on me at all. I think if you're in, if someone's trying to go to sleep next to you and you're getting text messages, I don't think it's unfair for the other person to put your their your phone on their phone on do not disturb. 
I respect it. Yeah. I respect it as well. I, I'm trying to go to sleep here. <laughs> it's a bed. Beds are used for sleeping and other activities. You didn't need to. You didn't need to kick him out. You just thought, you know what? I've had enough of you on this phone. You're always texting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go to sleep. I got a big day tomorrow. I'm letting you. I'm letting you crash. Let's just let's just go to sleep. Why don't? Why yeah. doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so who do you think invented peanut butter and oatmeal? I reckon. I reckon Dave. D- Dave probably did that one. I yeah, think but- peanut butter is the most dusty, disgusting thing that you could ever eat. But there's word on the street that that might be a the old Mar- Morgan McDonald invention, but I'm not sure it is. I don't even know what you're referring to here. You 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 don't you don't have any recollection of you potentially being the one that invented peanut butter and oatmeal. I have no idea what you're talking about. He told you this. Denial is everything, then, huh? <laughs> Unless we're getting I'm like, banned. I'm to- anti peanut butter. Is that what is that what this is coming from? Then that might be. That might be. I mean, Josh is allergic to peanut butter. You're anti peanut okay, butter. Like I don't super- want you guys to make out over it, but okay. So I have made fun of my teammates for putting peanut butter in oatmeal. Mm. I think that might because okay so in america peanut butter is just like like in australia peanut butter is a thing like it's it's, it exists but in america people just go so crazy for peanut butter and i don't really understand it it's no vegemite eh? no dude nothing says vegemite vegemite oatmeal no that sounds terrible (laughs) that sounds terrible (laughs) um so we we talked a little about wisconsin we talked a little about peanut installs and some nudist stuff were you a nudist your freshman year of college? And then also freshman year of college, you told everyone that it, it was an Australian thing to shave your half your eyebrow and Americans thought you were so cool for that. Do you, do, um, st- do people still think you're cool? No, people never thought that, but I did have a slit in my eyebrow at one point, which is just like a thing, a classic, like stupid freshman thing. If I was a senior on the team and I saw myself as a freshman, I would have just been like, this guy's such an idiot. Like, um, but um we did do like some cool nudie races and stuff. I don't know if that's what you're referring to. But you did nudie cool. races. Yeah. Like distances, like what would like ex- expand, <laughs> spread well, the legs. Some, sometimes when we were having fun, um, like college kids do. And um, one thing would lead to another and you might be outside with your clothes off, challenging people to a lap around the block. It happens, man. You Does know, you, you during just, races, <laughs> you're just standing there. You guys lock eyes. You take your clothes off. You know what's about to happen next. You go around oh. a block in a race. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a couple of those. They were they were really fun. I mean, our team was extremely com- like so. Obviously, we had a locker room like you guys probably did. No, we would, we would shower together, <laughs> and um, we were very comfortable being naked around each other. I will say that, and we would do. Um, yeah, we would do nudie races together. My senior year, we would play shower soccer where we would play shower, play <laughs> soccer in the showers, you know, just shit like that. Self-explained. Wow. It's just fun, fun stuff for the boys. <laughs> soccer <laughs> shower. What's that? What, what is soccer <laughs> shower? You play that soccer in the shower. <laughs> let, let me show you. Uh, <laughs> please, please do. Um, so we're going to bring it down a little bit, but we're going to talk about your YouTube. Your YouTube channel is the second YouTube channel you've made. So we've discovered, um, gabbering to edm music are you ever going to drop any of those videos out or no how do you know about that holy shit that's my (laughs) secret that's that's my big secret that i'm like um yeah so maybe maybe i guess this is my chance to expose it i don't know how many people listen to this how many will actually hear about this how many people do listen to this 12 people we're 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 closing in over a hundred thousand views but how many like per episode oh don't worry about that okay i won't Um, (laughs) no no a few thousand to be fair so I, when I was about uh, probably 13, I was into um, a form of dance known, known as sea walking and like shuffling was really popular back then. Sea walking? Yeah. You look like a sea walker. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. You should check it out. And so I would upload videos of me doing it to YouTube with some of my friends and it was really cool. And those videos are still out there. I just don't tend to share them with people. <laughs> So if you can find them, okay. If if we find them, we may we may expose it and just say, yeah. who do you think this is? Yeah, that could and, be a uh, good promo for the episode. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad that that Dave discovered that second YouTube channel, just like you discovered the Beatles. 
recently. Okay, well, I know that. I see. Okay, I know who told you this, and I don't see why it's a weird thing that, like, like okay, I'm 25. Like, when was I meant to discover the Beatles? If like, I guess my parents maybe played them for me, but like they didn't, so I didn't discover back then. Why is it weird that I like listen to the Beatles? And I get really into them because they're like probably the greatest band of all time. Why, why do I cop any, anything for that? I mean, I, I took Beatles 101 in college. And uh, that's probably the time that I started really diving deep into the Beatles. So uh, it's all right. Hey, I mean, Josh, you, you took Beatle 101. Well, yeah. What's, uh, what's Carib- uh, Caribus Nemoralis? A scientific name for what beetle? <laughs> like, a, like a bug? Like a bug, yeah. Caribus Nemoralis. <laughs> Oh, get up, you mate. I'm talking about the, big, the, the big man. You know, the oh. squad. Well, for your information, it's the European pine beetle. Thank you. I, I, didn't, I didn't care. Okay. Didn't just to, that. just, that's just another thing you didn't know today then, huh? <laughs> Tough to hear that. Right. So let's, let's wrap this banner ball up. We've given you a, a fair few. Dave has been doing his research into that. So we always like to give it back to the guests. If there's anything that, you know, built up during that banner ball that you wanted to kind of express to you know, Dave, you know, how great his hair looks, me, whatever, you know, anything you want to throw back at us. This yeah, is your time. To yeah, I was going to comment on your hair, Dave, but I don't know how sensitive you are about it. Like, why did you do that? Um, you know, there's there's this thing called crises and uh, midlife crises. And is that what's happening? When, when things go wrong in other de- departments of my life, I like to do something that will gain attention back onto me. And, you know, shaving yeah. my head seemed like the right decision. And, and you it know what? Working? It worked. It really, yeah, really uh, worked. You should have just gonna come say- with the perm again that was so yeah pretty. if you want to tell tell the story about how we did it though josh well yeah all i was going to say to start with was considering dave had a shaved head you probably haven't had a haircut in four months and i'm wearing a hat we're not the best squad um lid, lid wise <laughs> yeah we're gonna no, look great i'll speak for all of us um <laughs> no so yeah dave comes over to my house um our guy that we train with julian one of my old teammates as well uh he he's like does my hair at Every single time I need to get my hair cut, he does my hair. It does, it does sometimes does Dave's hair when he's here. And uh, Dave thought it'd be a good idea to allow me to decide what happens to his hair. And so I was like, well, we'll make it fair. So Julian had all of his clips. And so I wrote one through eight and, and, and wrote them up, put them in this hat and gave it to Dave. So Dave picked his own fate and he picked a two. So he got a two all over. And uh, you know what? I... I regret doing it because I didn't get a haircut that night because Dave took all the time. And now we're four weeks later, three weeks later, and I still haven't had my haircut from Julian. And there's probably still hair on my balcony. So that's just, uh, that's just sadly life. And uh, you know what, Dave? I think you're pulling it off now. I respect it. Respect. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if, my, if I look like that, I probably wouldn't race. Like I would just like, wouldn't know if anyone see me. <laughs> Maybe in Iowa, to be fair. You'd fit in in Iowa. Yeah, it's true, actually. <laughs> Please tell me you got at least something for Josh. Um... Shit, Josh is really good at running. Um, Don't flatter him. Um, wait, you're gonna race against Ollie? This, this? Are you racing? You said you're racing Mount Sac 15. I'm gonna race the eight at Mount Sac. I was oh. gonna message Ollie. Of course, after. you're not racing Ollie. I've been mean, see. This is my thing. I'm like, you guys have the same agent. I think like you guys are clearly dodging each other. Well, you're clearly dodging him because he's doing literally every race and you're not in any of them. He didn't run sign running. He was he was scheduled to run it in the 15 and then he moved up to the 5K. He was he, the reason I ran sign running. He ran 332 like a week before it. Oh, mate, that didn't count. It was so the funniest thing is, is Josh is actually worried. That's what Josh is dodging. Yeah, yeah. I'm worried that the only two good 1500 meter runners right now aren't racing each other uh, in the US circuit. But I mean... I, I, I actually want to message him, but look, let's, let's just put something together. I think, I think we need to race each other to end up running. I think the fastest 1500 on us soil is three thirty three or outdoors. It's like three thirty three or something like that. Really? So, That's surprising. Yeah. I know it's, it's, it's pretty slow for, for what the U S is. So yeah, I think, I think that could be good. Down this year. And uh, we will definitely be meeting each other if it's the Olympic final or if it's sometime before the Olympic trials for me, then hopefully, hopefully it comes soon. But yeah, I'm sure we have some NCAA beef to, to settle for that too. But Does that make you feel better that you lost him in NCAAs now that he's on this tear? No, I think I was really happy that I, I got him a contract. I thought it was really important for me to do that. <laughs> oh, here he is. You know, you've got to pay it forward. 
Um, You're so kind. <laughs> no, I had someone very here, Josh, I'll hit you with one. Then I had someone very close to me text me and say, Josh is the most narcissistic person I've ever heard on a podcast. Was it you texting? It yourself? was not me texting myself. <laughs> Who was it? Name and shade? I can't. We, we never reveal our banter sources. That's that's the name of the game. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, you know, too good. That's yeah. exactly what they said that you would say. <laughs> what am I going to say? That? No, I'm not. Yeah. Like, that sucks. You like, it, I'll get over it. it. I'll lose some sleep over it, I'm sure. Well, speaking yeah. of sleep, Morgan, I know it's a little bit... Wait, where are you? Are you in Colorado? Yeah. Oh, we're on the same time zone. So you're not on the East Coast. Um, but if that's all you have for us, that's a very soft banter. I appreciate you not attacking me beyond that. Actually, banter. I have a question for you, Morgan. You talk about your girlfriend less than Josh talks about his girlfriend. Do you have a girlfriend? What's her name? How do you guys meet? What What's going on there? Because I didn't know you had a girlfriend until YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I have a girlfriend. Um, her name is Get Dennis. She's currently living in Paris. She's like French-American, went to Wisconsin in the same grade. She's from, well, she kind of grew up like Austin in Austin, Texas. That's where her parents live right now. But her and her brother live in France. I don't get to see her very often. Um, long distance kind of sucks. Um, yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah, geez, Dave. Wow. So she's kind of like that Canadian girlfriend where everyone's like, I have a Canadian girlfriend. They're like, no, you don't. You're like, no, I really, she's real. It's like, no, she's not. <laughs> but that's great. That's that's great. Um, so you guys probably did a couple nudist laps together then as well. Maybe once or twice. Nice, 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 nice. <laughs> well, I mean, with that little bit of exposure, um, sorry, folks that were listening that were getting very excited about the stories of Morgan being nude and being with guys. He has a girlfriend. He's off the market. Um, but what he's on the market for is good content, good publicity, and a good overall episode of a podcast. So typically at the end of every episode, we let the guests name the episode. We've had a lot to talk about. We've had good good uh, banterish moments. We've had good intellectual moments. So Morgan, whenever you're ready, I'm going to go ahead and let you um, name the episode. But Josh, count it down. Start with the uh, number that uh, you had correct answers if you want. Was it three? It was three. Oh, bollocks. Three two one slinging dicks with more to be all right <laughs> sorry i had to <laughs> um uh <laughs> and cut <laughs> um we're gonna leave it in uh it's not gonna be the title <laughs> I had to. I had my hands. Your hands, mate. I got really red. <laughs> That's quality. Do you have any other names that we can maybe put on the put on the actual episode? No, I mean I like that. The name that you put in the chat, I actually like. You want to read it out? <laughs> oh, should I? Okay. Should we do? Are you gonna intro me again, or should? No, I'm gonna leave. We're gonna leave. We're just all gonna leave. Here. We're gonna okay. Give him a three, two, one at least. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Morgan McDonald is smarter, faster, and better than your host. Here's why. I thought Ooh. you were going to say it again. Yeah, so did I. I was like, the slinging dicks are coming out. <laughs> All right, Morgan. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to the podcast. We always appreciate your presence. And make sure, guys, if you're listening to this episode, you also subscribe to Morgan's newsletter. Or, fuck. <laughs> Morgan's YouTube. <laughs> Nah, thanks for having me, guys. It's a lot of fun. A slow, yeah, appreciate it. He wants to kick. He's got to go now. With Josh Kerr. All right, here David Ribbage. Josh Kerr. David Ribbage. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1,500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Ribbage.